Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the leadoff. Happy Saturday morning. Jay Binkley in for uh, Brandon Kylie, his leadoff show right here. It's going to be a full weekend. I can't wait. A lot of Chiefs Titans talk with Kramer, the Kramer dog. Hang on a second. Hear that, Kramer dog? Sounds like greatness over there. It's my uh, morning coffee. What, what flavor? What flavor is it today? It's uh, bang. No, it's monster. It's monster. Monster today, Crave Dog. Chiefs Titans tomorrow, two o'clock. Everybody's excited about this game, including yours truly. I'll be back tomorrow, the same time, ten to noon. Then it's Pete Sweeney, the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate Show, with Ken Swanson leading right in to the Chiefs Titans game. Then afterwards, it's me, it's Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride Call-In Show, followed by Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Not only that, you know what we're doing here at 610 Sports Radio to talk about Chiefs? What are we doing, Bink? Let me tell you, Kramer, there's more. And we tweeted this out, and you can go to at 610 Sports KC. 50 straight hours for 50-year Super Bowl drought. And someone tweeted at me and the station when I retweeted and said, aren't you jinxing it? No, because we're not saying we're only going to broadcast if the Chiefs win. No, we're not saying they're going to win. What we're saying is win or lose, we have programming for 50 hours. Which is awesome. And I realized it took time for this individual to climb out of their mom's basement and make this tweet. I get it. And we appreciate the tweet, but... It's 50 hours regardless. So, it's me and Pete Sweeney right after the game for two hours. And we'll have guys all over Arrowhead. Then it's Alex Gold, Cody Tapp, 7 o'clock to 10. Then, it's Jillian Carroll and Kristen Ocero from 10 to midnight. I'm producing that one, by the way. Are you producing that one? Yes. So, you're on 10 to midnight. Yes. Then, at midnight, our friend John Kurtz, faithful to our colors podcast, Mr. Kansas State. Program director came in Manhattan, a friend of mine that's on the rush to field all the time, is doing a show from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. with Rocco. Rocco's producing for him. Then it gets better. There's live and local. It's all Kansas City. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. You get Dusty Likens, the Dirty Werewolf, and Nick Price. That leads all the way into Fesco in the morning, then Cody and Gold, then the drive, then the Therese Paler show, then Kristen Ocero and Julio at 7 o'clock, my usual spot, my usual little night hole. 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock, it's in Ocero. But, Kramer, then you and I are back on 10 o'clock to 2 a.m. Hell yeah, brother. So we're back 10 to 2 a.m. And then at 2 a.m., here comes the Dirty Werewolf. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., Dusty and Nick. Then you go in the Fesco in the morning, coating gold, the drive. And then we'll have a special on Twitch at 5 o'clock. So to say that 610 Sports Radio, we're fired up to talk about the Chiefs, 
is an understatement because the rest of you all are excited about this. I saw a tweet uh, this morning, Kramer, and I saw more than one. And it said, one more night of sleep. Have you ever thought about that? Like you had a big vacation to come? It's like, you know, one more night of sleep or two nights of sleep. Have you ever thought about this? Yeah, or a kid with Christmas. Yeah, or Christmas. But two more nights of sleep until you get that Red Rider BB gun. Exactly. I thought about this in college. All right. I was like, two more nights, three more nights, you know, one more night. You know, I was counting the days down until I'm done with school because I was sick of school, ready to be done with this. Did this in high school, did this in college. Ready to go, ready to go. But that's the last time I've really counted down anything. I wasn't even this excited last year when we were playing the Patriots. Now, I'm not prisoner of the moment here. Say, well, this, I'm more excited about this than last year. Because I was very excited about last year. I was very excited. But for some reason, with this team, as likable as the Chiefs are, you know, Pat Mahomes wins the MVP last year. It came so fast, it was like a shock. But this year was all about the expectations. This year was going to St. Joe for training camp, thinking this team has a Super Bowl dream. Super Bowl visions for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't just the fans of Kansas City. It was even the owner of the team, Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt had laid the expectations down in training camp of what he expected for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we all did as fans. And the vision was, this got to be the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes was thinking as soon as he lost. As soon as he lost to the Patriots last year, he's ready to go. He's ready to keep playing. James Palmer, NFL Network, said that Mahomes was angry for a couple weeks up until the Super Bowl because they wanted to play in the Super Bowl. To me, the Pro Bowl would be a huge disappointment if the Chiefs are playing in that game because it means they didn't get to the ultimate prize, the Super Bowl. First day of training camp, Clark Hunt, via the franchise, the Chiefs' little hard knock show they have on every other Wednesday. It's what Clark told the team the first day. In terms of our goals, it's pretty simple. Uh, it starts with winning the AFC Championship. We were inches from getting that done last year. First time we'd hosted the AFC Championship game at, at Arrowhead Stadium. And those of you who are on the team know how that turned out. But this team can get back there. And when we do, we're going to win that trophy. That trophy has my dad's name on it, something that's very important to the organization. Once we do that, then we're going to go to Miami and we're going to win the Lombardi Trophy. And anything less is not going to be a success. In terms of how to do it, you need to listen to your head coach and his coaching staff. You have one of the greatest head coaches in the history of the National Football League in Andy Reid. Andy and his staff know what they're doing. If you guys will just listen to them and work hard, you're going to be successful. So that was the owner, the CEO, telling you what the expectations were. I heard it. I loved every second of it. You know, people say, you know, Clark Hunt, Clark Hunt's in the background a lot. He lets Mark Donovan handle the business, which I'm sure that he has a bit to say about that. No question. He lets Andy Reid and Brett Veach run the football team. And he kind of steps back. He steps back into the background. But he made those statements, and I thought, you know what? Like, Clark Hunt 
is the right owner. It's the perfect owner. He's the owner you've been looking for. He's willing to spin to the max. And when he took over the team for his dad, which his dad was a visionary, his dad was a legend, his dad is one of the most important people in football history in Lamar Hunt. I mean, tomorrow's trophy is named after Lamar Hunt. What kind of owner would Clark Hunt be? Well, he took over the team. You know, Scott Pioli was the right guy. Three-time NFL executive of the year. He went out. He was the hot name. He went out and got him, which is great. But what's also great is when you can back off your move and say, you know what, this didn't work out. You know, he had, he had breakfast with season ticket holders. You know, he knew they weren't happy. He saw the banners. I mean, it was, it was a bad – 2012 was a bad time in Kansas City sports history. In my, in my mind, it was the worst time period in Kansas City sports history. Royals, 100 lost seasons, you name it. The Chiefs' 2012 season was the worst. Didn't have a lead nine weeks into the season. Being compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bison, Javon Belcher incident, Eric Winston – Calling out the fans for clapping when Alex or when uh, Matt Castle went down. Sorry, Alex. I didn't mean to call you Matt Castle. But you know what I'm saying. It was a miserable year. Got the first pick on the clock. And then Andy Reid hired January 4th, 2013. Seven years ago, Andy Reid changed the direction of this team. But it was Clark Hunt's vision. Clark Hunt's the one that got on an airplane and he went to Philadelphia and said, Andy, I want you to be the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I want you to be our coach. Andy Reid was scheduled to interview with the Arizona Cardinals. Andy Reid's a West Coast guy. That would have been a nice little flight for him to go back to go back to San Diego, back out to California, wherever he goes, if he's in Arizona. And to be honest with you, I think the Chiefs would have ended up with the Bruce Arians. He's got a tie-in with the team. He used to work here. I think that's how history would have gone. But he got on that plane and said, no, I want you to be the coach. Not only that. But in this day and age where we hire the athletic director to then hire the football coach and the basketball coach, the two most important hires, well, GMs hire coaches. And their head rolls when the team's terrible because you hired the coach. The Chiefs went the opposite. They zigged when everybody zagged. Everybody gets GM, then you hire the coach. The Chiefs said, no, we value Andy Reid more than any general manager that comes in here. We want our guy. He spent a lot of money for Andy Reid. He spent a lot of money for Cornell and company and Pioli to leave. So he's willing to spend the money, but he sits in the background. He wants to win. He wants that trophy with his dad's name on it. He wants the Lombardi trophy. They want another banner at Arrowhead Stadium. They've seen their neighbors, the Kansas City Royals, go to the World Series, 1980, 1985, 2014. 2015, four times in my lifetime. I'm 46 years old. How many times have I seen the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl? None. But we're fans. They fill the stadium. They wear their red. It's the most passionate fan base in pro football. Just don't have that ring. Now, the older the older crew, if you're, I mean, you almost have to be 55 years old, 55 to 60 to remember the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. To remember Mike Garrett, Bobby Bell, and Willie Lanier and company, the eight Hall of Famers on that team. But this is the time for the Chiefs to punch that door. I know I went to the grocery store the other day. <clears throat> I was surprised 
most of the people there, because I asked them, they weren't there buying their bread and milk because of the ice mageddon, although some were. They were buying nachos. They were buying beer because they're having house parties because Arrowhead's going to be sold out. You can definitely find your way in there if you're resourceful because they're, they're, they're having gatherings. Once again, this town is coming together and united watching the Chiefs. I haven't seen anything captivate this town since 2015. When every bar had reservations, you had to send somebody all day to get that table for you to watch the Royals. You were glued to see the Warhols and Eric Hosmer and Kane and Salvi, Ned, win that World Series. Well, this is your time to watch your favorite son in this city, Pat Mahomes. It's time to watch Andy Reid. The excitement level here is undeniable. Fesco and Kling and Wachowski had a remote for the second straight week at the rally house yesterday. Tons of people. And we're talking 5.58 in the morning. We're talking an ice storm in Kansas City. I was on my way there, but they shut down the road. I mean, but they still showed up because they wanted a piece of what is the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's an unbelievable feeling. And I saw a lot of people said they'd cry either way, and I I believe that you would. Because I I was there with Josh Vernier in 2014 when the Royals clinched the playoff berth in Chicago. I was there in New York when the Royals beat the Mets and listened, you know, with Vernon there doing the post game and people are breaking down. I'm that the guy I don't cry over football. Just don't. I cry over deaths, not not football. I love football. It's my passion. But I get excited. But if you want to, do whatever you got to do. Let it out. Let out your fandom. You've been loyal enough. Remember how long it was before that Houston Texans win a couple years ago with Andy Reid? It had been since January 16th, 1994, when the Chiefs last won a playoff game before a couple years ago in Houston, before Andy Reid made that difference in Kansas City. People were born drinking beer legally in that you know 21-year gap for the Kansas City Chiefs. Unbelievable. But the excitement level, In Kansas City, it's through the roof. The watch parties starting to be planned. What are you doing tomorrow? I can't imagine what the ratings in Kansas City are. I can't imagine how many eyeballs are going to be on Nance and Romo. I can't imagine, Cream Dog. It's going to be exciting times right here in Kansas City. I'm excited to sit here, Pete Sweeney, watch the game, talk about it. Hell, even Rocco that works here says, hey, do you mind if I come up and just watch? He just wants to be part of it. He just wants to be a part of the action. I get it. You want to be with your friends. You want to be with your family. You want to be with other people from Kansas City. It's our time, man. It's our time. 913-576-7610 is the phone number. Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer, text line 69306. When we come back, I'm going to talk about David Glass for a minute, the passing of David Glass, the former Royals owner, plus the quarterback coach dynamic. We discuss that next. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the leadoff, Jay Binkley, Kramer. Hey, Kramer. Hey. Steel Curtain or the 1969 Chiefs? Give me the 69 Chiefs. Do you realize 10 Hall of Famers? From that team, the owner Lamar Hunt, 
Then you had Lynn Dawson, Willie Lanier, Bobby Bell, Buck Buchanan, Curly Cole, Emmett Thomas, Johnny Robinson, Jan Stenerud, Hank Stram. That's six members of that defense that live men defense. You want to talk about that's some nasty. That's it's balling, buddy. That that is that is balling. That 69 Chiefs team. Can the Chiefs join them this year? We'll see. Crazy Ray, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I, I got two Patrick Mahomes shirts. I'm actually losing weight, and I'm really excited for our Kansas City Chiefs. I think Patrick Mahomes is a, one of the big differences and the blessing to Kansas City for two back-to-back championship games. I think that uh, Andy Reid is a little bit better with it. And uh, I want us to watch him for defense, number 22, on offense, on their offense. Uh, he, he ran a touchdown over us last time we played against them. But I, I really think that this town will come together. Ray, are you not saying his name because you don't want to? Pardon? Derrick Henry. Ray, you're, you must be, like, juggling your phone. He called last night with the same take. It's Derrick Henry, Ray. Maybe you're just not saying his name because you don't want to jinx it. I mean, that's smart, too. Like that kicker that used to play for the Chiefs and miss those field goals. Rhymes with Schmeliot. We don't say his name. But yesterday, you know, we come to find out that the, the passing of, of David Glass. And the one thing about David Glass is, you know, he ran everything like a business. And he was seen as a guy that everybody wanted to spend, get the free agent, sign him. But he had a plan. And not only that, this is a small market baseball team. He was playing with the parameters of having the worst television contract in baseball. No other small market teams are really racking up titles. And some of the big market teams are, well, they're cheating. <clears throat> Houston. To get that ring. But the Royals were in top half of spending in 2016, 2015. David Glass is willing to spend the money. But I always remember him just being a humble guy. And I just kind of always appreciated you know, his attitude, his demeanor. And uh, he was one of those guys we, we talked about, you know, how Clark Hunt kind of stays in the background. Well, David Glass did as well. Dayton Moore had a press conference yesterday, yesterday afternoon, remembering David Glass. The entire organization is, is um, full of sorrow and uh, also uh, a lot of pride. As, you know, we celebrate, um, you know, his life and um, what he meant to all of us. I mean, we can't help but reflect back in such a, a joyful way on how he touched all of our lives. Um, but, um, you know, he's, uh, he's going to be missed by all of us. And uh, we're just all so very proud and grateful to have been able to, to work with him and, and his incredible family. And, and you know, he... He loved um, the city. Uh, he loved our fans. Uh, he always felt that his role as a, a Major League Baseball owner was a very special privilege, and he, he wanted to be a, a great steward of uh, the Royals franchise and the game of baseball. And you know, his, uh, his legacy will certainly uh, honor that and uh, represent uh, you know, everything that uh, – that he accomplished in, in what he stood for. And he brought a championship to Kansas City. R.I.P. David Glass. Uh, I really enjoyed the times meeting you. 
you are a nice person, and uh, I appreciate that championship in Kansas City. You want to see the full Royals press release, check it out, 610sports.com. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Scott. Scott, what's up? Hey, yeah, I was just thinking about this game and everything, and I've come up with a theory of uh, I'm going to call it the twos. This will be uh, Patrick Mahomes' second season. It'll be his second AFC championship game. What's his third technically, but second as a starter. Right, right. But Andy Reid needs to win this game to beat the Titans twice to get to his second Super Bowl. Our defense was lacking. We needed some help. We went out and got two key free agents. Uh, The only time we've had back-to-back or even two AFC championships at Arrowhead. So, I mean, it's all about the twos, man. It's the only time we've had two back-to-back AFC championships. Right, right. Actually, it's only, at Arrowhead, I think it's the only time we've had an AFC. Well, last year was the only time we'd ever had one. Right, right, right. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the twos. And I think uh, Kelsey's going to have two touchdowns. Uh, Harmon's going to have two touchdowns. And we're going to roll, brother. You know what? I, I, I'm with you on the Kelsey. Hardman might be my ace in the hole. Like, people keep talking about him. You know, Shannon Sharp was talking about him. I was watching Inside the NFL. Everybody's talking about him. Because, and last week he sparked it with the return. He sparked that comeback. But regardless, he's not going to get five to seven catches. But he might have that one that blows the game open. The only rookie ever to have a 100-yard return in an 80-yard touchdown reception the same season. Now, he's special. But I keep waiting for him to do it. But it's funny. When the Chiefs play the Patriots all week, Belichick's talking about Hardman. He brings him up. That's how kind of special he is as a player. We're going to talk to Carrington Harrison in just a few minutes about this game, but I'd never do this, but I'm doing this because it's Crazy Ray. Crazy yeah, Ray wanted one, to say one more I was more wondering if you, if you heard my call last. Um, yeah, Ray, I, we heard I, you. I, so the reason is uh, – uh, uh, my brother said this, if uh, the Chiefs win, I'm going to the Super Bowl with them. And uh, that would be wonderful because it, it would be wonderful for the town to have a, a, another Super Bowl for, for us. And it's really sad that, that uh, the owner of the, the Royals passed away, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Uh, he, was really, he was really something else. He made it. He actually made the, the whole the whole Royals thing, like a theme park in the background where you can have, if you stuck a roller coaster. He, he was there, a good owner. Fun. He was a good owner. Great owner. Great owner. We a Royal coaster. We need a roller coaster out there. Ray, you're right. Ray's going to the Super Bowl. Ray is going to the Super Bowl. We'll talk to Carrington Harrison from the drive next. The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the leadoff, Jay Binkley and Kramer producing the Kramer Dog. Joining us now from the drive, Carrington Harrison, also the Harrison Experience on CBS Radio Sunday night. So what's up, Carrington? Hey, what's up, Bink? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm sure you've done a lot of the national hits with different radio stations from around. I, I know that uh, I did a few of them yesterday in various parts, and I know I saw Kling tweet something out, which thought of I thought of this question because of it. He's doing a bunch of different interviews today. What's kind of the number one thing you've been asked about this game? The number one thing has probably been the turnaround of the defense and people kind of wondering what was the turning point, certainly because based on last year and how the Chiefs defense performed and how they performed the first 
nine games or so of the season. That's probably been number one. And two, about the Chiefs' plan on slowing down Derrick Henry, he's kind of going on one of those runs that if they can cap it off with the Super Bowl appearance, people are going to talk about for the next 10 to 15 years. So I'd probably say those are the top two things. Number one, being the defensive turnaround, and two, how the defense plans on slowing down Derrick Henry. Yeah, but as those two, the other one, too, is they, that I've been brought up is Pat Mahomes. You know, people are looking at his numbers and they'll ask, is he the same quarterback as he was last year? And to be honest with you, Carrington, just watching the games, I actually think he's better this year than last year. Is that a ridiculous statement? Um, I don't know if it's ridiculous or not. I certainly think he's better in some things. I just think that last year was kind of one of those perfect storms where you had the great quarterback with the great running back in the early part of the season. The offense was fully healthy for the entire year, and the offense was new that the numbers that he put up and the ease in which he did it were just I don't know if we're going to see too many seasons like that in the NFL. So I certainly get it. He does look better in some aspects. But like I said, last year was just that perfect combination of everything. Carrington, we look at this team and stopping Derrick Henry. You talking about it. Here's the, here's the interesting thing about it. He's got three postseason games now where he's over 150 yards. And the only guy ever to do over 180 in back-to-back postseason games. The, it's amazing because you know what he's going to do. There is no rhyme or reason. There's no mystery to what their game plan is, their head coach wears a hat yesterday into his press conference and says, run the damn ball. You know that's what they're going to do. Do you think there's any possibility Mike Vrabel outsmarts himself, play action, goes away from it, instead of doing what they should do in Derrick Henry, all of a sudden say, well, I think the Chiefs are going to key in on this and throw the football. I haven't thought about that for a single second, actually. I think the Titans, to me, come off as a pretty self-aware team of knowing what their strengths and weaknesses are. And Vrabel has just said it so much in the identity of their team. At this point, you'd be silly. This would be like being a right-handed fighter and just trying to fight Southpaw to try to win the belt. Like, it just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to do that. So, no, I haven't really given that a whole lot of thought. I do think they'll use the play action, and I think that Vrabel understands to beat a team like Kansas City Tannehill's going to have to throw for more than 72 yards and 88 yards, but I don't think this is going to be a game in which Tannehill throws 30 times unless Tennessee's down big. No, I don't either. And, you know, I was thinking about that play action quite a bit, just thinking about times. Now, here's the one thing about it, and which, which I, I do agree with what you said. It's where I fall in line on this. But against the Ravens, in, in the second half, when they had a comfortable lead, game wasn't over, though. And first and second down, they stopped Henry. It was one of the few times they did. And then on, I mean, stopped him with ease. Then on third and five, instead of throwing the football, they still ran the football. Derrick Henry was stopped and they punted. But that moment right there, Carrington, showed me that they're, that they're true to who they are. They're true to who they are. Instead of throwing the ball on third and five, that I think a lot of coaches would have done it, they danced with what brought them there. And that play right there showed me that I think they're going to play this game like you said earlier. Yeah, I actually like this Tennessee team. It's kind of funny, Bink, because if they weren't playing the Chiefs, I think you and I both would kind of be really in favor of oh, yeah. Tennessee just because they feel like the style of teams that we like. Like, I like Vrabel because Vrabel just seems to know who they are and doesn't seem to go away from it. They're that traditional run-the-ball, play defense, don't let our quarterback beat us kind of game. We talked about this on the show throughout the course of the week, that every kind of generation, every decade kind of has those couple teams that make you think, well, if that team can do it, we can do it as well. Think about how many times in Kansas City, whenever Alex Smith was the quarterback, we said, well, look what the Ravens did with Brad Johnson, or uh, with Trent Dilfer. Look what, look what the Buccaneers did with Brad Johnson. You can win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback. 
teams that run the ball and play defense, if Tennessee goes to the Super Bowl, they will think for the next 15 years, well, if Derrick Henry and the Titans can do it, why can't we? Is Derrick Henry your favorite skill position player to watch in the NFL? I don't know. I mean, it, it's been pretty incredible. I mean, I probably would put Christian McCaffrey as my number one. Like, okay. Just the versatility in which he can do things. Like, I've always kind of liked those running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield from the Falk and Tomlinson kind of days. So I probably would put Christian McCaffrey as my number one. I mean, whenever Kelsey's going and Kelsey's in that range like he was last week where he looks like Gronk, I put Kelsey pretty high up. But I, I, I really like Christian McCaffrey. You know, the funny thing about it, too, is, see, that. People automatically assume this is how Derrick Henry played all year, and he didn't. The first half of the year was rough. As fantasy football players, we're talking 3.9 yards of carry. We're talking 1.9 in one game. We're talking about the Broncos limiting him to less than two yards of carry. But that Chiefs game, I don't know what happened, man. Is it more Henry or is it more Tannehill? Did the Tannehill starting games help Derrick Henry? Because his numbers did go up once Tannehill started playing or did Derrick Henry just magically wake up one day and return to the dominant form that he is? I would say, number one, it's volume of carries. If you think back to it last year, last year uh, Henry averaged five point yards a carry. They only gave him 200 carries. This year he led the NFL, so the volume is just a lot higher this year. And Henry just seems to be one of those guys that if you give him 20 or more carries, his ability to kind of stay consistent and wear down the defense eventually, eventually just went down. So I would say that's number one. And Tannehill, like, I don't want Chiefs fans to kind of look past Tannehill's ability in this. Tannehill's ability to run on third down, I think, is going to be big in this game. And he's just, he's capable. Like, he is Alex Smith. Like, I don't think he's a top-end quarterback by any means. But that same year that Alex Smith had his final year in Kansas City, that's about what I think Tannehill is right now. You know, look at this team. Four straight years at 9-7, and seven, although this team seems different than what they've had in the past. You know, going and play New England, then exhausting everything in Baltimore. I, You know what? I, I like watching this team play, but that's a lot, Carrington. Going on the road, playing those two teams, that takes it out of you, man. I don't know how much they're going to have left tomorrow. That's a good point. I made the analogy yesterday that this kind of feels like the NCAA tournament where Kansas, you know, you've seen those years where they're the two seed and we're all kind of looking at the bracket and they're supposed to play Duke or Michigan State or Kentucky in the Elite Eight, but they end up playing VCU instead. This kind of has that feel to me, and Henry kind of has that feel of a of a mid-major player that he has kind of carried his team to the Elite Eight, and now you're asking if he can actually get them to the Final Four. Like I said earlier, if the Titans make the Super Bowl, we, we will talk about Derrick Henry's run for the next 15 years. Uh, we've never seen, or it's been a long time since we've seen a running back do this. We've seen quarterbacks do it with Joe Flacco. There aren't many examples of a running back going on the road in, in, in three straight games, running for over 150. And I didn't notice this until someone brought it up. If the Titans win on Sunday, they will have beaten all four AFC divisional winners in consecutive weeks. Yep. Like they, like, they have a chance to go on a run that not many teams in the history of the NFL have done. And also, they're very good at scoring touchdowns. You know they haven't kicked a field goal in four weeks? Yeah, I saw that. They have not kicked a field goal in four weeks. Yeah, I saw that. 40 of their last 41 drives, they've they've actually ended in a touchdown, and they signed a kicker in week 16, and he's not not attempted a field goal. Not one. So it's not like like he's kicked a field goal and missed. He has not attempted a field goal since he got signed in week 16. And they've been bad. 44% field goals this year. He's the fifth different kicker. They've had this year. They might come down to a kick. So, 
Absolutely. And, but these extra points are like short field goals anyway. So, Carrington, who do you have in the Super Bowl? I think Kansas City's going to win, and I think they're going to play San Francisco. I think those have been probably – well, aside from that little stretch in Kansas City, those have probably been two of the four most consistent teams in the NFL beside Baltimore and New Orleans. I think San Francisco wins against Green Bay, and I think they win somewhat conventionally. I actually think that Tennessee's going to keep the game close. I think Tennessee can control tempo with Derrick Henry and run the ball 30 times. I think that Mahomes has a drive late to win it. I'm going 27-22. Well, Carrington, glad to have you on today because I'm going to chew on that for a little bit. You gave me something to think about. Because in the NFL, we always think about the quarterbacks, and they're the ones that carry the legacy. What could Derrick Henry do for the running back position? Because we don't talk about that. We talk about running backs being a dime a dozen. You know my feeling on running backs. I value them a lot more than I think people do. But, you know, we're seeing, you know, the top five passers in the NFL aren't in the postseason. This could be the return of the ground game. But rarely have we seen a player in this era dominate not being a quarterback. It's something to think about. Yeah, we haven't really seen it a whole lot. I don't know how replicable what Derrick Henry is doing is. First, I don't know if there's a lot of running backs that could that could take on the volume in which he does. He's a beast. Like how many running backs in the NFL do you think over a five-week span carry the ball on an average of 28 times a game? I don't think there's that many running backs. I think Henry's certainly going to get paid this offseason, but I don't really know how much it's going to trickle down because there's just, there's just this belief that running backs are largely replaceable, and there's a lot of numbers to suggest that they are. But you get those special groups. You get the Ezekiel Elliott. You get the Derrick Henry. You get the Christian McCaffrey. There's those special group of running backs that truly add value to your team. Yeah, there's such a short window for them, too. I remember the Colts, you know, they were jamming with Edger and James. Then they got rid of them. They drafted Joseph Adai and won a Super Bowl that year. You know, just boom, bam, just different running back. But I don't yeah, know. No, that's, no, you're right. You're 100%. I mean, we, we, we've certainly seen those examples of guys that that's happened to. Interesting. Six three two fifty. Good luck trying to find another Derrick Henry, all-time leading rusher in high school football. The dude once carried it 58 times. It, a, a guy like that eventually will wear out. He will wear out eventually. So I wish Derrick Henry the best. I love watching him run. But, man, he's going to wear out, Carrington. No, he certainly is. We were talking about this this week on the show, that whenever it is, it's going to end very Larry Johnson-ish. If you remember, yep. Larry had those two years where he had all the carries, and then it just abruptly ended. Now, there certainly was some off-the-field stuff, and I'm not certainly suggesting that anything like that's going to happen with Derrick Henry, but I think we just see with running backs, kind of like what happened with uh, with a Sean Alexander. Like Once it's over, it's going to be completely over for Derrick Henry. Football, that wall hits you fast. Carrington Harrison. Uh, host on the drive with Sean Levine and uh, Brandon Kiley, two to six daily. Looking forward to CDOT's thoughts on Monday after this game. CDOT, uh, take care, my friend. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Big. Thanks a lot, man. There you go, Carrington Harrison right there. This is interesting, though, because we, we think about quarterbacks leading the way. I've always been a running back fan, but I'll acknowledge, you know, you can get them in the mid-rounds, if not late rounds. Chris Carson, Seattle seventh-rounder. And we've got over, you know, Priest Holmes there, these undrafted guys. Kareem Hunt, third rounder. But when we think of the NFL playoffs, when we think about the quarterback leading the way or a special defense like the Ravens, they can pay Derrick Henry all they want. But he's got over 96 carries the last three games. Eventually, dude's going to wear out. He already had to miss a game with his hamstring. Anyway, I digress. Coming up next, what are the quarterbacks? saying about this matchup. We'll talk about that next.
The leadoff with Brandon Kylie, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back, Jay Binkley. Kramer, a lot of Chiefs talk coming your direction the next two days right here on 610 Sports Radio, including all night tomorrow night. It doesn't stop. It goes the next night as well. So you got two days. You have 50 hours of live Chiefs coverage. It's a lot. Not only that, we're technically starting tomorrow at 10 a.m. I'm 10 to 12, then Pete Sweeney, tailgate show. Well, then we stop for a while. We pause during the game. Then we come back, and once we're back, we stay, man. We so keep on rolling. With that Mississippi leg hand in him, you know? Oh, yeah. Just get started, let him finish. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Kenny. Kenny, what's up? Hey, Bigley, thank you so much for taking my call. Uh, the time's almost here, man. I can barely wait uh, for the Chiefs to finally get all these uh, ghosts and do away with all the bad luck we've had uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I just I just hope that if the time comes that the running game plays a factor in it, that uh, we have somebody that's going to step up and do the job. Uh, when Shady McCoy came here, I thought he would be the answer. Yeah. But uh, he hasn't seen the field no. as much as I would like for him to. No. Uh, I want to know, who do you think is going to be the Chiefs' uh, leading rusher? Pat Mahomes. I'm not kidding you. I think Mahomes gets more yards than anybody. He's been carrying the ball more. He led the Chiefs in rushing this past week with 53. But if we're going to go running back only, I'll say Damian Williams. Damian Williams, well, to me, it, uh, come on. I, I, I kid, I kid that Reggie Jackson's Mr. October. He's been Mr. January. I'm going Damian Williams. He looks fresh. He looks ready to roll. You know, forget about the injuries this year. He's got two more games to play this season. I think it's Damian Williams. But don't discount Pat Mahomes with Andy Reid spreading the field, getting that rushing yardage, just like that 53 yards he had last week. Well, I tell you what, I hope it's not Mahomes. Not that he's not capable of doing it, but I just don't want to rely on on him and, uh, so much that he gets hurt. You know, uh, I think that McCoy uh, should be the answer, but it seems like since he put the ball on the ground a few times that he hasn't seen the field as much. But uh, I believe that uh, given the chance, I think he's going to redeem himself and uh, and as far as uh, once we get by the, the Tennessee Titans, and I believe we will, I'd like to see the Chiefs face the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. And there's probably not a chance of it because uh, the 49ers look like they're the better team. But I think we could uh, get rid of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, sore feelings from people my age that remember when we went into the uh, nah, the very know, first Super Bowl. You know what, though? Don't discount them, though. They did win 13 games this year. They went 13-3, and three, and they have the best quarterback in that game. For San Francisco, 13-3 and three as well. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in that game. Don't discount them. Well, I won't discount them. But I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping there. for that. I'm hoping for the Chiefs-Packers. That's the game I want. That's what I'd like to see, too. And I think the Chiefs will beat whomever shows up. I think it's our year. And uh, I'm so confident. I've already had my uh, Super Bowl, uh, world champion Super Bowl, number 54 T-shirt already printed. <laughs> I've been wearing it ever since, ever since the season started. So uh, I believe in them, and I think they're going to come through. And this will be the year that we can uh, can can uh, get rid of all those ghosts in the past yep. and all the tough luck we've had in the playoffs. Go Chiefs! There you go. Thanks for the call. And you know, keep in mind, last year. 
It was the sentiment you can't beat the Colts in the playoffs because we had our we, we we can during the regular season. When it comes to playoffs, couldn't beat the Colts. What happened last year? They beat the Colts. The Titans. Listen, by history, this isn't a good matchup. Chiefs have lost their last four games to the Tennessee Titans. It was Derrick Henry that came in here two years ago and beat the Kansas City Chiefs running the football. Andy Reid is one and eight in his lifetime against the Titans in Philly and Kansas City. Yes, they are the boogeyman to some extent. But it's exercising demons one after another. It's like Pat Mahomes with the sword on the 50, slaying dragons. That's what it reminds me of. But I wasn't kidding when he asked me who's going to be the leading rusher, Kramer. And I said, Pat Mahomes. Because here's the thing. They're not designed runs. Like Andy Reid's not designing runs for Pat Mahomes. Mahomes surveys the field sees every square inch taken, seeing Hill taking guys, you know, deep to safeties and double teams. It's opened up the field for Mahomes to run. When he runs, it's unabated for like 10 yards. They're not going to design. It's not like he's going to run the wishbone or option. I mean, it only makes sense because that's all his runs have been this year. So, I mean, why does that's going to keep on happening? But it, it's remarkable the runs that he has because it's so wide open. And he doesn't take the hits. Not only that, I think a lot of defensive players are afraid to hit him late. I do. Because they know they're going to protect him. He is the meal ticket for the National Football League. The National Football League wants nothing better than Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. Now, I think State Farm might want that game more than the NFL, to be honest with you. Because State Farm's probably already dreaming up Super Bowl commercials with Mahomes and Rodgers, you know? The tandem. I mean, how many commercials they in for State Farm? Three, four, two, three. I mean, they're a I bunch. I think it's four now. Yeah, they're a bunch. It's Mahomes and Rogers. His Mahomie and the agent. Wanting them to laugh at him. They won't do it. State Farm would probably be the biggest beneficiary of that game. Take them out of the equation. It's the NFL. Because Pat Mahomes is the future generation. This is the guy carrying it down. That, that's who they want. Mahomes is a ratings draw. The NFL does not want Ryan Tannehill in the Super Bowl. So Mahomes will not be hit late. He's got a knack for knowing when to slide. I don't know if he knew that early in his career because he's so tough and wants to run over you, but he knows when to slide. And I love it. He knows when to slide and getting open. Kurt Warner, former MVP, former, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well, joined Cody and Gold yesterday. He had this to say about Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, I tweeted a while back that when I watch him play and what he does in the pocket and his vision and his creativity with throws, and what do I mean by that? You know, certain plays are designed to be thrown a certain way. You know, for instance, the, the pass that he threw to Damian Williams last week uh, out of the backfield. That was really designed to be what we call, you know, a halfback seam throw, where it's really up over the linebackers, you know, in the seam area of the field. And, you know, Patrick sees that there's a little bit of rub in the man as, as they motion him back in. And instead of waiting for all that to transpire, he knew he had a window, and he puts his foot in the ground and he sticks it on his back hip, um, you know, two yards from the line of scrimmage and allows him to run the end zone. There are not many guys that can creatively see – all those 
different opportunities and throws in the course of a game. And Patrick, in his second year, I mean, he did some of it last year too, but, but he has that unique ability to see those things. Uh, he does that inside the pocket. We all know, you know, his physical gifts um, are as great as anybody we've ever seen, you know, probably equal to what we said about Aaron Rodgers a few years back when he came into the league. Is just so extremely talented at, at being able to make different kinds of throws that I really believe, you know, if this can continue and he continues on this arc, um, that we may be seeing the most talented quarterback the NFL has ever seen from the entire capacity. That doesn't mean he's going to be the greatest and be able to, you know, surmount, uh, you know, a guy like Tom Brady who's, you know, been to, you know, all the Super Bowls and done everything that he's done. But just from a talent standpoint, mentally and physically, I see him doing things um, – you know, in that combination that I don't know if I've ever seen anybody really do before. And it is fun to watch and you appreciate it. And, you know, at times you envy it going, man, I wish I had some of that ability when I played. Um, But that's what it's all about. It's about seeing the next guy that can do things and that is better than guys before him or better than most guys before him. And, um, you know, and I think we got to sit back and appreciate all those little things. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I think he can get better. I think if he cleans up technique, uh, his throwing technique at times, he's going to be even better than he is right now. And so, you know, that's the other fun part to see where he goes from here. How good can this young man be? That, uh, but I've appreciated watching him this, these two years. Full interview, Kurt Warner, on demand, 610sports.com. Coming up next, we talk to Arrowhead Pride's Craig Stout. Talk about the Chiefs' defense. Can they stop Derrick Henry? Talk to that next. The leadoff with Brandon Kiley, 610 Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 